Let's continue in our series on uh, forward. Let's read together today from the, the book of Acts. We're looking at passages from the book of Acts, and we're in chapter 9. And uh, last week, Danny shared with us from the beginning of chapter 9 as we looked at the Damascus Road conversion experience of, the, of, of Saul, who would become the Apostle Paul, and, and new things were happening with this expansion of the church, and the Spirit was on the move, and wonderful things were going on, and, and Saul went on to, to meet the, 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 the other apostles, and they were afraid of him at first because he had been persecuting the church, but he began to just build relationships with him, and all the while, uh, Peter was off doing things as well for the leadership of the church. He was healing folks and preaching the gospel and doing wonderful things, and we pick up the story here at the end of chapter 9 as Peter's continuing on in his ministry. Let's all stand together, can we, as I read this? Chapter 9, beginning at verse 36 and going to the end of the chapter, verse 43. And at the end of my reading, I'll say this is the word of the Lord, and you can say thanks be to God. There was a believer in Joppa named Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. Go ahead snicker. Just get it out of your system. Just get it out of your system. <laughs> Dorcas, if you want to say it out loud, go ahead. Just, it's one of those you know, things that you just have to acknowledge in the text, and then we got to move past it, all right? Snicker, 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 and now we keep going. Um, if I can find my place. She, Tabitha, was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor. About this time, she became ill and died. Her body was washed for burial and laid in an upstairs room. But the believers had heard that Peter was nearby at Lydda, so they sent two men to beg him, please come as soon as possible. So Peter returned with them. And as soon as he arrived, they took him to the upstairs room. The room was filled with widows who were weeping and showing him the coats and other clothes Dorcas had made for them. But Peter asked them all to leave the room. Then he knelt and prayed. Turning to the body, he said, Get up, Tabitha. And she opened her eyes. When she saw Peter, she sat up, and he gave her his hand and helped her up. Then he called in the widows and all the believers, and he presented her to them alive. And the news spread through the whole town, and many believed in the Lord. And Peter stayed a long time in Joppa, living with Simon, a tanner of Hides. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You can be seated. Well, I got a, a message on my a phone, a text message from an old friend this week. Um, it was a kind of message from the kind of friend that immediately brought a big smile to my face. Do you have anyone like that? Do you have people that you just get a message, like a text message or a messenger message or whatever messaging app you use, and, and you just see their name, and it doesn't even have to be what they wrote necessarily, but you just, you, you just are filled with, with joy and, and, and 
happiness. I, I sadly hadn't spoken to this friend for about six years. And so when I got this message, I was especially, my heart was warm. But, but my, my mind didn't immediately go back to six years ago. It went back to 25 years ago when I first met this guy, when we were classmates at, uh, in seminary. And I immediately began to, my mind was just flooded with memories of this particular friend. Just reaching out. All he said in the message was, can I call you sometime? And it just got me thinking about the memories of this guy. This is the guy that, we lived in the same apartment complex in Kansas City where we were going to seminary. And this is the guy that when I mentioned to him, just after I briefly met him, that, that I, my brakes were going bad on my little Toyota that I used to drive around. Some of you might remember that little Toyota. It made its way to Santa Barbara with me from, coast, from, from Kansas City. Um, then, then I mentioned to him that the, that the brakes were going, were going bad. He told me, I know how to change brakes. And I said, well, that's wonderful. And, uh, and we set a Saturday morning, and we set a particular time. And when I walked down at that time, or even a few minutes earlier, I found this friend there with my car already up on jacks and my wheels off. He was already going to town, going to work on my car. This is a friend who, when he washed his car, he took the seats out. He didn't just kind of go around. He took the seats out, and he taught me how to wash a car. This is the same friend that, that when I had a, a, a surgery, when I was in seminary, some of you know this story, I ruptured my spleen, and I had to have a major you know, abdominal surgery, big old cut right down the middle of my stomach. I couldn't drive, I couldn't work, I couldn't do anything for about six weeks after the surgery. So this was the same friend who, who drove me to class every day. And then he waited for my classes to be done. And he drove me home. Sometimes I waited for his classes to be done. And then he drove me back for six weeks, Monday through Friday. We drove, we spent that 15 minutes or so in the car, 30 minutes a day, just talking and being together. It's the same friend who, when I did finally see him about six years ago, when uh, Kyle and I were in Seattle celebrating our 20-year anniversary, uh, that he, and his, he lived there with his wife, and they took us out to their favorite breakfast hangout in Seattle, and we got to spend some, some good time together. This friend, I, he's the kind of guy that I, I sort of wonder... The, of the impact. When I, when I saw his, his name, the message, I just thought, 25 years. And I look back at his, his last text, and it just said, we're, we're grateful for a lifetime friendship with you and Kyla. And I just thought, I don't know, I don't know how my life has been impacted. I don't know all the ways my life has been impacted because of my friendship with this guy. And I don't, I don't know if I would, I don't know where I'd be. I don't know I don't know the difference that he has made in my life, but I know it's one of great significance and impact. We're, we're here today thinking about our moms, and we're thinking about, we're thinking about uh, these ladies who have made a difference in our lives, right? I've had the, I have the privilege of having a wonderful mother, and uh, she's a great, great mom, and um, I just love her like crazy, and she is an amazing gal. She's demonstrated, many of you know her, and she's just a wonderful, wonderful mom. I also have the privilege of, of having a wonderful mother-in-law who went to be in heaven about 27 years ago, before Kyla and I were married, and I got to officially call her my mother-in-law while we were dating. Uh, 
Grandma Karen, as we speak of her now, an amazing, amazing woman, loved the Lord deeply, and her life continues to impact us in ways that, that, that we are aware of, in ways that we're not. Some of you, again, as Michelle prayed, don't have maybe the greatest memories or the greatest experiences with your mother, but many of us have, have a sense that our moms have played a very significant role in in our lives. Do you, have, do you have somebody like that, whether it's your mom or whether it's another friend? I, I can think about times in my life, again, back when I was in seminary, especially recovering from that surgery where I had a friend give me like $100, and, and it meant so much to me. I needed that money. Maybe some of you have been at a time in your life where you needed a little bit of cash, and a friend just helped you through a really lean time. Or maybe there was a time where you had really crawled just emotionally into a deep, dark hole, and there was a friend who listened to you and gave you advice and was a difference maker in your life and helped bring you out of that. I don't know who it might be, but I'm hopeful that you're able at some level to think of somebody, even right now, who was that kind of a difference maker in your, your life. You might not know where you would be, but you wouldn't be here perhaps today. Without, without that person. Do you have somebody? This isn't just me talking up here. I really want you to do that. <laughs> you have somebody like... You see, this is who Tabitha was. This is, this is the impact that, that Tabitha was having in the world in which she lived. And, 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 and she just... She zooms into the narrative of Acts. Chapter 9, verse 33, or verse 36. She zooms in, and by verse 43, she zooms out. She's gone. Never to be heard of or from again in the Scriptures. But she was a difference maker. This was, this was who she was to a lot of people. Admittedly, there's a lot that we don't know about Tabitha her, uh, again, her time here in the scriptures is short. But what an impact she makes, even in these brief eight verses, in moving the narrative of, of, of Acts and moving the, the, uh, the, the mission of Jesus forward in these days. And we can obviously tell from these, these verses that we've read that, that leading up to this moment, Tabitha had, had made an incredible impact. And thanks be to God from this story, we know that in the days that would follow, Tabitha would continue to make an incredible impact in the world in which she lived. What we do know about Tabitha comes first of all from Luke. He's the author of Acts. He's the narrator of this story. He was a, a doctor uh, and he was given to, to, to wanting to provide details. And so what we know about Tabitha comes first of all from, from Luke here. He reports to us that she was a believer living in the coastal city of Joppa. You need to know that it was a coastal city. I think that helps us even more to enter into this, this narrative this morning that, uh, that Tabitha was a, a, a beach goer. She, she, was, she was one like some of, of us and, and, and many that we know. When in the NLT, uh, it translates again that, that Luke called her a believer. The actual Greek word that he uses to speak of her wasn't actually believer, 
But it was a little bit more. It was the feminine form of the word for disciple. Luke calls her the feminine form. He calls her a, a woman disciple of, of Jesus. And, and we need to listen carefully to that. Tabitha had, had her life radically transformed by a relationship with Jesus. Now, what's interesting about that is we don't know how she got to know Jesus. We don't know if maybe she had met him personally and had walked in, in following him as a, an actual female disciple, spending time with you. We don't know the details of that story, but, but what we know is that she had come to faith in him. And, and whatever the case of, of her coming to this, this status, what we need to know is that this particular word used to speak of a woman who had become a devoted follower, an apprentice, a learner of the way of Jesus, was only used one time in the New Testament. This, this feminine form of the word disciple was used one time in the New Testament, and we, we read it this morning. It, it's only used to refer to one person in all of the New Testament scriptures, and it refers to Tabitha. She was the leader. She was the, the first, not the only, but the first at least to be acknowledged and recognized as a female disciple of Jesus. Luke feels compelled to tell us that Tabitha had another name that she went by. Snicker, snicker. Uh, an alias, an AKA, Tabitha, also known as. And uh, her, her Aramaic name was Tabitha. This is the name that she would have been called by her friends and her family, her Jewish acquaintances. This is the, the name that would have been used uh, most familiar to her, perhaps. But she also went by the name Dorcas, the Greek translation of, of her name. And the fact that Luke gives us both names is not incidental. It's not just thrown in there uh, to make a snicker. It's not just thrown in there as just added information. It's, it's important because perhaps here's Luke wanting to make sure that his readers knew who he was talking about. Both Jewish readers who had known this woman as Tabitha and Greek or Gentile readers who would read this as well and had known this woman as Dorcas. It's the same gal Luke wants to make sure we know. And what this suggests to us as we think about this woman, as I'm trying to help us understand her significance, is that most likely Tabitha was someone who walked in both worlds. And, and ethnicity and religion didn't make a difference to Tabitha. She was well-loved. She was well-respected. She was well-known because of who she had been and what she had done. And it's what she had done that Luke mentions here in his brief bio that had won her this, this, this notoriety 
in the world. He says that she was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor. I mean, you want to summarize a good life? He says it there in one sentence, always doing kind things for others and helping the poor. And just in that phrase, in that sentence, we learn so much about Tabitha. And our minds, if we'll let our minds sort of imagine what is being said and what is going on here, we can only imagine the number of people, just think with me, that have been impacted, that have been affected by the ministry of Tabitha. Countless people whose lives have been touched, who knows how many people hearing of her reputation had come to Tabitha down to their last dollar with hungry mouths to feed, with clothes wearing out threadbare, and asked of Tabitha if she could help them in any way. And time and time and time again, Tabitha did. And the people that she enlisted, and, and, and there's this picture here of sort of a, a women's guild caring for and providing for a Bethel house back in the day, caring for and providing for those that were in need and those that were poor. It was no doubt some of these who had been cared for by Tabitha who came to visit her when she was sick. And it was no doubt, you can put yourself in position again, being helped by such a woman, it was no doubt many of these who came to her home when she died and helped to prepare her body for burial and to stay there in the house in mourning. Many people think that Tabitha wasn't just like a leader in, in the church in Joppa, but maybe she was like the leader in the church of Joppa. It was Pastor Tabitha. Many people think even that, that because of the way she's spoken of here, that not only was she a leader in the church in Joppa, but that, but that likely she, she filled a pretty significant place in the, in the org chart of the early church all around. She's pretty, pretty high up in the leadership and the <clears throat> guidance and the direction of the ministry of the early church in these years following Christ's death and, and resurrection in these days and months following that. She, she seemed to, to, to fill a, a pretty significant role as, as the leader here in this missionary outpost in Joppa. It was a beach town, as I mentioned. And it was it was 10 miles from Lydda, and it was farther than that from Jerusalem. And it was, it was on the edge of Jewish territory, and it was getting into Greek and Gentile territory. It was a missionary outpost. And many think that, 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 that Tabitha had been sent there because of the kind of person that she was and the ministry that she was carrying on. She'd been sent there. A significant role. And so perhaps that's why the believers didn't hesitate to call on Peter when he's 10 miles away. They heard he was there, and they know that she's important, and he's important, and we ought to get these two together, and, and there's really no indication of what they wanted him to do. Did you notice that? There's really no indication of what they hoped for or even expected by calling and summoning Peter to, to Joppa to be near Tabitha, but they just put the word out, Peter, would you just come? And there's this sense, 
Some of you are like this. There's just this sense that the believers there had this, had this understanding that Peter would know what to do. That's pretty cool. They know, know how to move and how to act, and they could trust that this leader in the church would, would somehow provide for them and care for this other leader in the church that they had grown to know and love. And so he comes. And, and I mean, he was nearby, but 10 miles when you're walking, still... I mean, I think we need to point out the fact that this wasn't just a little detour for Peter. That there's something to be said in this moment when Peter says, Ah, Tabitha, let's go. Let's go to Joppa. And it's there as he comes into the upper room where we have heard from Luke about Tabitha to this point, but now Peter uh, arrives and we're able to see and to kind of feel. I don't know if you caught as we just read it through one time, but we, we see and we get to begin to feel just how much of a difference maker Tabitha was in the lives of these people. For as Peter enters into the room, he's, he's accosted by all these weeping widows, these women who, who, who come up to him with tears streaming down their cheeks and they're, they're telling him that Tabitha has died. And, and in this really strange sort of, uh, you know, point that Peter wants to, or that Luke wants to make, they're showing him their clothes. And the words there speak of the, the outer jackets, but also the inner clothing that they're wearing. It's like they're looking at Peter with tears down there, and they're just, they can't even speak. They're just like, this coats and this shirt. It's Tabitha. She's, she's given her life. She's given her life. And now literally, she's given her life so that we might have life. And Peter, perhaps recognizing that he wasn't going to be able to get any work done with all these weeping women all around him, asked them to leave the room. And, and we're not even sure if Peter knows for certain what's going to happen in this moment. I don't even know if, if, if he knew what he was doing. Have you ever come to the point in your life where you're like, well, I don't know what to do next. I'm going to pray, and then we're just going to believe that God's going to do something amazing. And I, I sort of get that feeling with Peter. He just sends him out. He turns away from Tabitha. He gets down on his knees. He prays. We don't know what he said in that prayer necessarily. We don't know how long he prayed, but he stood up, and somehow in that prayer, he'd been given the confidence that to Tabitha, he was to speak these words, her name, and simply get up which the original word is the same word that spoke of the rising of Jesus from the dead. Rise up, get up. And her eyes open. And she looks and she sees Peter and she sits up and then she stands up. I, I was struck this week by a short section in my guide to prayer devotional. Is anybody, I know my wife is, but is anybody else in this church reading the guide to prayer devotional? All right, some of you are. If you're not, uh, who have we given that to in recent years? All the college graduates. So, Wilson, you, you should have one of these. Uh, <laughs> if not, I'll get you one. Guide to prayer for ministers and other servants. Uh, I'll, 
Amazon, write it down right now. Just order it, get it. If you have another daily devotional you love, well, time to change. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Use that one, and next uh, beginning of Advent, start this one. But I, just, just wonderful uh, scripture reading and, and other little readings from a, a, a collection of books that the authors of this devotional have put together. I was struck this week reading a short portion from Simone Wheels' Waiting for God. She said this, I have, listen, I have the essential need and I think I can say the vocation to move among people of every class and complexion, mixing with them and sharing their life and outlook. So far, that is to say, as conscience allows, merging into the crowd and disappearing among them so that they show themselves as they are, putting off all disguises with me. It's because I long to know them so as to love them just as they are. For if I do not love them as they are, it will not be they whom I love. <laughs> and my love will be unreal. This is, this is Tabitha. Probably a widow herself. Unclear if she had any children, as there's no mention of them being here at her deathbed. Lonely, alone, perhaps even herself. Of some means, apparently, able to give and provide, uh, laid in an upper room, only the wealthy had two-story houses back in that day. Mixing, sharing, merging with Jew and with Gentile, with wealthy and with poor. Sharing, knowing, tangibly loving people just as they are. Tabitha, rise up. Rise up. And then he helped her to stand up. And then did you hear, he, he, he invited him back in and he presented Tabitha to the widows. This present to them, whose presence was once again among them, a gift of God to them and to the world, a difference maker. Now, it's important for us to, to know and just... I want to just share really briefly, but a few things here. It's important for us to recognize some of the ways that this story helps to advance the, the cause of Jesus. It's important to, to think about how this story helps to move forward the mission of Christ in the book of Acts and in Christian history. This, it's Luke, there are lots of stories that could have been told. Understand that in this these opening days of the Christian faith. There were lots of things going on, lots of people that could have been mentioned, lots of healings, lots of different things that could have made its way into this. Tabitha's story rose to the top for, for Luke. And it's important for us to be able to, to recognize and to think about some of the ways that it helps to move this story forward. On one very important foundational level, this story is a witness 
to the life-giving power of God that has been set loose into the world through the resurrection of Jesus. Like here's a story that in which someone is raised from the dead. The power of God that raised Jesus from the dead is on display and it's active. And, and this story demonstrates that it has been, it's been set loose. It's, it's wild. It's not caged. It can't be controlled. This resurrection power has been set loose into the world. And Peter has somehow gotten into a space where through his prayers, not through any magical incantation or elaboration or conjuring, has he brought this woman back to, to, to life. But through the power of God that he has somehow unleashed, has been set loose into this woman's life and into the world. Here is testimony, live and in living color to the power of the resurrection over all people. Not necessarily that, that we will each someday be resuscitated to stand among our friends once again, but in the sense that the same God that raised Jesus from the dead has the power to give new life. Full life, free life, and forever life. If you need to remember someday what kind of life Jesus gives to us through the power that God raised him from the... It's free life. It's full life. And it is forever life. It's this resurrection power that still gives believers hope today. The blessed assurance that not only at times of physical death, but at times of darkness, other times of darkness in our lives, the Spirit of the Lord enters our world to bring life and healing. That because He lives, say it with me, we can face tomorrow. That because He lives, we have hope. Because He's risen, things can never be the same. That is a testimony to the Power, resurrection power of, of God unleashed in the world. There's also, there's also this, this amazing thing that we can't miss here this, on this very practical level that the story of the, uh, uh, is, is moving forward in this news that's reported in verse 42. And you can look there again that the good news of the restoration of Tabitha spread throughout the whole town and that many believed in the Lord. So at a very practical level, if news had spread fast that Tabitha had died, guess what? The fact that she had been raised again spread equally, if not faster and further. The reach of this testimony was amazing. And because of what had happened to Tabitha in Tabitha's life, many people put their faith in Jesus. And, and, and most people think that it wasn't because they were just like, wow, that's amazing. I'm going to believe in Jesus. No, it was like, oh, if he brought life to her, then what might he be able to do in my life? And not just a physical raising again, but, but the, the challenges and the frustrations and the discouragements and the, the ailments and the, and, the, and the despair. What If he did that, then what might he be able to do in my life? And many believed in the Lord, it says. And Peter stayed there in Joppa for a long time. And I don't know what he was doing for sure for that long time, but I think he was teaching some people more about the faith. And you know what else I think Peter was doing? He was hanging out with Tabitha. He was like, Tabitha, you got something that I need. 
I, I don't understand how you work so in and out of Jew and Gentile and here and there, and you don't seem to care. It doesn't seem to be a big deal to you. How do you do that? And, and I think, I'm, in fact, I'm going to stay with, with the tanner of hides. That's, that's not an occupation that was looked favorably upon by the Jewish faith, but I'm going to stay there anyway because I want to be more like you, Tabitha. And, and in fact, in chapter 10, what we find is that Peter has this, this new vision of, of, of all the animals that were unclean coming and being told to eat them. And he's like, what's going on? And he goes and he realizes that what God is really telling him is that he's supposed to extend the mission and the, and the, the, the message of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles as well. And I don't think that's just like, you know, a coincidence. Tabitha helped to plant a seed in Peter. Not only did the people who heard about her rising come to know Jesus, but she helped to plant a seed in Peter that, that sent him off into the greatest expan missionary expansion that, that the world had ever seen. This is, this is good stuff. Here's the last thing, though. It's, it's, it's sort of theological and foundational. The power, of, the resurrection power of God is set loose in the world. And it's very practical, this, this story. Uh, it's moving the mission forward. But, but listen, this story has to have a very personal application as well. And it has to help not only as we think about the church of Jesus Christ moving forward way back then, but it has to help us as we think about the church of Jesus Christ moving forward from here. And I think that happens when we start to, start to think a little bit more personally about Tabitha. And, and for, the first thing I want you to just think about is, is who, are the, who are the people who have been that Tabitha in your life? Again, as we talked about at the very beginning, who have been the difference makers in your own life? Who have helped you when you were down? Who have helped, uh, have helped to show and demonstrate the love of God in tangible, very practical and meaningful ways in your own life? And we need to praise God today for the Tabithas who have impacted our lives. Just think about them. It could be a woman. It could be a man. It, it could be any version of, of her, but intangible, significant ways who have been the Tabithas. But then here's the real challenge for us this morning. <laughs> the real challenge is, can we see ourselves in the role of Tabitha? Can, can we see me? Can you see you? in the role of Tabitha. Tabitha, your name there, your name here, rise up. Tabitha, sit up. Tabitha, your name here, stand up. See, it wasn't enough for Tabitha simply to be raised from the dead. Peter invited her to stand up and to do what? Get back to work, Tabitha. <laughs> Stuff for you to do here. And I wonder if we this morning might be able to see ourselves as people who need to be raised up. Maybe some of us are in the spiritual doldrums this morning. I want to tell you, there are people like these weeping widows all around you who are looking, needing, longing for somebody to tangibly demonstrate the love of God to them. 
that they might feel and know and be personally impacted by this love of God that flows from heaven. Some of us need to hear the invitation this morning. Get up. Get up. There's people like that in our world that you bump into every single day of your life. And some of us are sleeping. Get up. Sit up. Open your eyes. Stand up. Might it be that the, that the spirit of Tabitha might be raised in all of us this morning? I've told you before about my <clears throat> great-grandma on my mom's side, Molly Jacobs. If you haven't heard of Molly, I, don't, I never knew her. I just know stories about her. And Molly was a turn-of-the-century preacher in the Church of the Nazarene in Texas and in the South. And Molly, this is the stories I've heard, was one who was not going to stand by idly, but was going to invest herself. She was, this, this, I'm telling you the truth, a pastor, a preacher, a fiery preacher. And I have a preacher on my dad's side as well, a number of them, but I sometimes lean into Molly more and more. I think Molly exhibited a Tabitha spirit. What might it look like for a Tabitha spirit to be raised to life again today in you and in me? God, we, uh, we acknowledge the resurrection power that is on display. And we open our lives and our hearts to the, to the reality that, that that power is on the loose and it's changing and transforming and bringing life. And we, we recognize, God, that we're caught up in the flow of this missionary expansion of the church through the seeds that were planted even by this one, that we too are called to be those kind of people who who move forward in, in mission to those who are like us and those who are not. And so this morning, dear God, in just a very personal way, may you give us hearts of gratitude for the people who have tangibly demonstrated the love of God in our lives. And would you raise up a spirit of Tabitha? May, may, may moms here this morning, overworked, undervalued, uh, unnoticed a lot of what they do, May they, may they sense a spirit of Tabitha being raised up within them that they might give selflessly of themselves. May, may sons and daughters and may men and other women, may we all feel this sense within us as we think about the world all around us that, that, that God, you, you, you're raising us up. And that you're inviting us not only to, stand, to, to, to be raised, but to stand up and to go in mission for you. We love you. Raise us up. Lord Jesus, raise us up. We pray it in your name. Amen.